everyone to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Welcome, first-time listeners. I'm glad you're here. I hope you enjoy today's interview. Um, My guest today is uh, an internationally best-selling author, a New York Times best-selling author, top of the charts right now in Amazon Kindle. Um, He has written so many books that they are now sold in 46 countries and in 22 languages. I know maybe three languages, and most of those I can only custom. Um, his book has no, new book has not even launched yet. It doesn't release till February 1st, and he already has 1,400 five-star reviews. I am thrilled to welcome back to Authors on the Air my friend and best-selling author, Brian Freeman. Brian, welcome back to Authors on the Air. Well, thank you, thank you. It is always great to talk to you, Pam. Thank you to you, too, and please give my love to Marsha. I'm glad to hear she's doing well uh, after her ordeal. Yeah. So congratulations. I check Amazon Kindle rankings every single day. You've been on the uh, number one Amazon Kindle list, number one spot for three weeks now. Not so shabby for a book that's not even out yet. (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it has been such an amazing month, and uh, I have been overwhelmed with the uh, the, the reader response to Thief River Falls. It, it's, it's exactly what I wanted for this book because it's such an intense emotional thriller. I really wanted it to just grab hold of, of readers by the heart, and, and that's, what, that's what I've seen, and, and that's just been wonderful. Oh, yeah. You know, I am thinking back to um... – all the other books that you've written, and um, I, I can't remember being as, as excited about a release. Now, don't get me wrong. I love your series books. I really do. I think they're great. But, you know, I love The Nightbird, and I think this is probably going to even surpass The Nightbird. Yeah, I, I, there is something, there's something really special to me about Thief River Falls. I mean, on, honestly, yes. the, 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 two most rec- the two most recent books that I've done, uh, The Deep, Deep Snow just came out in ebook. It was an Audible original last year. It's right. the New York Times bestseller list. I, I, I loved the, the, the voice uh, of Shelby Lake in The Deep, Deep Snow, and I, right. I feel like Thief River Falls is the, that has that same kind of emotional appeal for me. So I almost see those two books as kind of going hand in hand and uh, I, I just I, I just love being able to to bring these characters to life you know you and I were talking in the green room because originally you had planned this to be for a different venue um, but your your main character Alisa Power is a very complicated very um interesting intriguing character to me she's had a lot of loss and trauma in her life but she continues to go forward which is something that tells me something special about her you know just the way you start off the book she so the 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 scenario is she is a writer and and so the book starts off with a chapter of her book or some part portions of her book it was a fascinating way to start a book. It was a fa- to start your book. Um, did you have that in mind all along when you were thinking about this character? I did. I, I really wanted the um, there, there sort of to be a, a book within the book and, and to the have book, right. Lisa, Lisa as a thriller writer to have sort of her 
books casting a shadow over my book. And, uh, uh, and obviously, I mean, with, with, with her being a thriller writer, with that being her job, it was, uh, it, it was interesting to me to sort of, you know, play with, you know, what do people think about the life of a thriller writer and, and right. what's different about the life of a thriller writer. And uh, I, I, I love that one scene in the book where, where Lisa and this, this young boy, Purdue, they, they pull right. off by the side of the road and, and Lisa's saying, well, what do you see out there? And, and he just sees, you know, some cornfields in, in the distance. And, and she starts right. talking about what she sees. What she, she sees, sees this right. body out there and, and the police car coming down the road. And, and that is so much the way thriller writers think. I mean, they're, they're not seeing the world as it is. They're seeing this whole other layer of things happening above it. That's right. What they're going to write about, you know, they're forming their ideas, getting their inspiration and forming their characters and all. It's, it's a clever way to write a book because her faux fiction book really intercedes quite nicely. It it fingers entwine in fingers in this book uh, with her real life story versus her her book writing story. So I was yeah, really impressed exactly by right. it. It's and um it is a great cover. It is creepy enough to um you know, your books usually are very I know. Don't you love that cover? It is I, it is terrific. I do. It's one of my all time favorite covers. Yeah. Because I mean I love the Nightbird cover so so much. Yeah. And all of your books though, um they're very bright and vivid but um but this one kind of lends itself to the story, which is interesting because I was thinking about things that I don't like about books. And one of the things I don't like is when there are characters on the cover who are not in sync with the characters in the book, just the look on the cover. And it's different right, from the, right. what the char- how the characters descri- described in the book. So I really, really like this one a lot. It's, very a very um seductive cover it it really lends itself to the mystery and thriller and the darkness of the book um you have some other interesting things happening to you that i am so excited to tell listeners about you are joining robert ludlam's jason bourne series are you not I, I am. I uh, I have a new Jason Bourne novel coming out this summer, The Bourne Evolution. Uh, it is just it, it is one of the the, the great um, you know the, the 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 great accomplishments of my life to be doing this because I w- I was such a huge fan of Robert Ludlum growing up. I, I think The Bourne Identity is is one of my all time favorite and thrillers, and so yep. to have the opportunity to to carry on. Uh, the Jason Bourne series uh, for for the Robert Ludlum estate. It, it's just an amazing honor to me, and and honestly, I had so much fun uh, writing this uh, this this new Bourne book. Well, let me ask you something. You know, you've got your Jonathan Stride in the Frost Easton books, which both characters I adore, and there's a lot of action in those books. How has that helped or hindered you in getting into the Jason Bourne character? It, it was uh, it was quite the, the the summer for me last year because I was working on the Jason Bourne novel and the new Jonathan Stride novel simultaneously. Uh, wow! I've never tried I've never tried to do that before. I would do a week on Bourne and then a week on Stride, and it was you know literally Bourne Stride week by week from early May through uh, into late October, and uh, uh, it was uh, it was actually very 
energizing for me because the the characters are so different, the stories are so different. Um, yes. Stride is this very sort of intense inside the head yes. psychological kind of character, uh, and and the puzzles of the Stride novels are are very much psychological puzzles. Yes. And the the born the born novels are are much more sort of adrenaline driven, and yes. so it, it made for it just really made for sort of a complete writing experience because I was able to kind of pull in all the different aspects of, of the thriller world into these two books. And uh, so it, it was intense and it was a very, uh, it was a very, you know, tight deadline to be working on all these things simultaneously. And yet I just thoroughly enjoyed the whole process of writing both books. So when you're writing the Bourne book, did you visualize Matt Damon as your character? <laughs> You know, that's, no, seriously. I, I, I think it's a yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it it uh, that was one of the interesting challenges for me as I thought about what I was going to do with the Bourne book is that there are so many different audiences for yes. for Jason Bourne. I mean, you've got this whole cadre of readers who got to know Bourne through the Robert Ludlum books when they they first right. came out, and and the, the Bourne right. identity this literally this year marks the the 40th anniversary of the Bourne Identity. Oh, then, then you've got uh, then you've got the folks that knew the series from when Eric von Lustbader took it over in the early 2000s, uh, and then you've got all of these folks that that came to know uh, Jason Bourne because of the Matt Damon movies. And and right. you know so you're 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 trying to sort of figure out well how are you going to craft this character in such a way to keep all of these different reader audiences happy? And and uh, for me, I, you know, I ultimately decided that you, I, I just kind of have to pursue you know my own vision for this book and and my my right. vision was to really was to really go back to the roots of this character in the original Ludlum story and to really go back to what made Jason Bourne such an iconic character in the Bourne identity novel and uh, and so I I was sort of having some echoes of of you know Matt Damon in in the book in such a way that you know movie fans I think if they if they want to picture Matt Damon as this character that worked perfectly fine, but that wasn't really what was driving me in the novel. I was really trying to go back to this, you know, sort of emotional fractured character that that yes. we, we met and loved in the novel, The Born Identity, and and really bring that essence of the hero and and what made him such an iconic hero. Really get that spirit back into this new book. Did you go back and reread The Born Identity? To get you I in did. the frame was, of mind, yeah, that yeah, was, that was the very that was the very first thing I did, and I that's probably I, mean, I probably read the Born Identity you know twelve times in my life. I, that, and right. it's one of my all time favorite books. So yep. uh, I, yep. I could probably practically recite it at this point. And one of the fun things is what I've tried to do uh, is there you, as, as people read the Born Evolution, uh, the the Born Identity fans, the real Ludlum aficionados, are going to find all sorts of fun little echoes of the born identity that I've included throughout the book uh, to kind oh, of bring good. a smile to, to readers of, uh, of the born identity of uh, the original. So I'm going to pull out my copy and read it in preparation for the release of your, your entree into the series. When do you think that book will be released? Uh, it will be released on July 28th. So the, the launch date is set. Wow. How exciting. You're going to come back and talk about it, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, how fun. Um, what else is happening with you? You always have things going on. Now you mentioned you <laughs> wrote another Jonathan book. Are you finished with that one as well? 
Yes, that that is all done, and uh, that book is called Funeral for a Friend. And a uh, little little tip of the hat to uh, to, to Elton John's song uh, from uh, right. by Yellow Brick Road. Uh, right. And uh, so the the new Stride novel. It's been a couple of years since we had a Stride book. The last Stride novel been. was was Alter Ego, and uh, right. uh, so this uh, this new book follows on the heels of Alter Ego. That one is all done. It's all set. I've seen the, the cover art, and the cover art is just absolutely tremendous. Uh, it's coming out on September 22nd, so it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a busy summer. We're going to have Born coming out on July 28th, and then two months later, Stride comes out on September 22nd. Uh, and then just oh to God. add a little bit more in there, uh, the um, the Deep Deep Snow, which was an Audible original last year, an audiobook exclusive, is out in ebook now, exclusively in in ebook and audio. But in October of this year, then the paperback of the Deep Deep Snow will come out. So I'm going to be keeping readers very very busy this year. Oh my God, and you're going to be busy. I know that you do a lot of. Um, literary events around your hometown you are you're just really good about hitting the libraries everybody knows you your local bookstores and everything else but you know you may just have to like have a room in the back someplace in in all of these places because <laughs> you're gonna, i mean this is going to be your biggest break between your february 1st launch for three thief river vault and then you have a break till July. You better go on vacation or something, because it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be quite the year. I mean, it's uh, I have I mean I'm coming out with three books this year, and I am writing three books this year as well. I'm I'm working on a new standalone novel uh, that will be the kind of the follow up novel to Thief River Falls from Thomas and Mercer next year. And then I'll be writing a new Born book, and I'm going to be writing another. Uh, audiobook original for Audible uh, to follow up wow. Deep Deep Snow. So I've got three books to write. And I was I was saying to Marsha, well, I, I suppose I'd really better cut back on my uh, events program this year. And well, then, you know, within like two weeks, I had added 23 uh, library events between now and mid-May. Yep. So <laughs> yeah. You're, you're you know going to be taking... I, I can't complain because I love it. So. Well, I knew that you and Marsha go all the time together to these things and, you know, because they want to meet the writer's wife and um, the author's wife and, and hear what she has to say. But I have to say I'm so impressed with everything you're doing and how busy you've stayed. Um, we, You said you're going to be writing the follow-up to Thief River. You have another Born coming out. I know Deep Deep Snow is coming out. Are you going to do um, an Easton book by any chance? Well, I've been getting I've been getting a lot of uh, a lot of little lot nudges of from readers yeah. about doing yeah. uh, a Forest Frost Easton book because I uh, uh, the 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 ending of the Crooked Street uh, had had people writing to me and saying, "Oh my God, what happens next?" Uh, exactly. And, uh, you, you know, my 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 uh, my editor at Thomas and Mercer, she she really wanted me to do a couple standalone novels and and try a couple different things there, and and that's. I mean, and I I I love the idea of doing it, and and the, the reaction to Thief River Falls. Well, this is that is why I did it because it has been such an overwhelming reader reaction to this new book. Uh, but I, oh my I gosh. I'm working on another standalone for next year. But I I I'm going to be pushing hard on the idea that I really want to do a, a fourth Frost Easton book Frost uh, in book. in the yeah. in next year cycle because I I really want to have a chance to to get back to Frost and find out what's happening next in his world. You know, you were saying that when you were doing Jason and doing Thief, um, uh, you were, I mean, uh, you were alternating weeks with them. 
Um, yeah. I know a lot of writers don't like to do that because it you kind of lose your your uh, place in the book. You did not seem to have a problem with it, but also I don't recall you doing this many books a year, Brian. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't no, recall I, I look, you. I look back on I look back on the days when I used to do one book a year, and I was thinking, well, gosh, yeah. I, I had no I had no idea that was practically like a vacation, uh, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I was here. I, I've been hearing from readers for for years. You know, gosh, you really need to up your pace. You need to do more. Well, I, I took them. I took them seriously, and I, I have definitely, I've definitely upped my pace. Uh, and uh, I was, I was really nervous um, last year working on the two books simultaneously. I didn't know how mm-hmm. that would go, and I was, I was concerned about exactly that issue. Was it going to be hard to leave one book and, and get into another? But right. it turned out that that going week by week actually worked out really well. I mean, the, the week-long stretch was enough to really dive in and get a, a good chunk of work done on the book to the point mm-hmm. that by the time, you know, the, the, the weekend rolled around, and I was working most weekends anyway, by the time I was sort of done with that stretch, I, I, it was hard to leave the book. But then right. on Monday morning, I'd go back to the other one, and I'd spend Monday morning rereading probably the last 50, 70 pages I'd written in, in, sure. the, in the book. And by the time I was through that process, I was completely immersed in that book again. And so, and, and so that was just how it traded off week by week uh, throughout the course of the summer. So four books this year. Well, uh, Deep Deep Snow is going to be in paperback. It started off as yeah. an Audible book, so and it is now a Kindle book. So we're just – converting Kindle into paper, which is not yeah. as difficult, but still, how do you, how do you prioritize and how do you make time for which books you're going to read? It seems like just an awful lot of time at the writing table and that, um, <laughs> you know, because like you said, you know, for a while you did one book a year, which is a very normal thing, but right, your fans right. are asking for more. The people that love your books are asking for more. I mean, how do you change your whole mindset to say, I'm going to write three books a year? And these are not uncomplicated books. These are not right, template right. books. Every single book of yours is different, regardless if it's in the series or not. So, yeah, um, they're all very unique, exactly. Yeah. They are very unique. So as a writer – how do you not become exhausted from doing that? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I don't become exhausted. The only the only good thing is I, I now have, you know, enough books under my belt that I sort of know what processes work for me and I know what I need to do to, to kind of get done uh, what I need to get done. So I, I tend to have a very organized process and I, I, I know what kind of benchmarks I need to set out for myself. And, uh, and, and, and after a while, you, you sort of have to sort of turn off that voice inside that says, you know, you can't do this and realize, well, yeah, you can, you can do this. And, and you just need to follow the process and let the characters speak for themselves and, and kind of, you know, guide you through the way they do in, in, in any book that you're writing. Any book, uh, and right. For me, yeah. And, and for me, I mean, because frankly, it makes it a little easier because all the books are so different. I mean, if I were writing kind of the same thing all the time, I think it would actually right. be, a little bit, be a little bit harder. And, and this way, because each book is so different, you know, you get excited every time you dive into a, to, to a different part of the project because it's something, you know, very new and you've got fresh characters and fresh stories and, and it just gets you energized about that project. Even though it was hard, you know, kind of tearing yourself away from the other one you're working on, it, it, you've just got something equally exciting to dig into. So what are your benchmarks? 
to keep yourself organized and on on pace. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, but when I when I start a, when I start laying out a book, I have you know I I do an outline. I I outline much more loosely than I ever did in the past because I, right. I let the writing become much more organic than I did in my my very early books. Um, right. But I have a sense of okay of what you know, the elements, the key elements of the story are, and, and I have a sense of, okay, it's, it's going to be, you know, approximately this many chapters and it's going to be this long. And, and if I, if I know kind of the shape of the book, then I know, frankly, what I need to get done in, in various time frames in order to make sure that I'm going to have the book in hand uh, by the right. time I, I've, I've got my deadline set up. And I, I also know, of course, that, you know, the early part of a book inevitably goes more slowly because the first third of a book, you're really getting a chance to, to get to know the characters and, and you're setting up the plot and, and it, it, you have to go through that slow process of, of getting to know who these people are and, and getting them to open up and talk to you. And once you mm-hmm. do that, once you're kind of past that first third, it tends to go faster. So it, it's, you know, the first third is a, a slower process of writing. And then you get the, the the last two thirds of the book tend to go faster because you've got that whole adrenaline and, and the characters are kind of right. guiding you through. Do you write to a word count or to hours in the day, or do you write to the end of a chapter? You say this, I want to accomplish this many chapters. And what is the the on the stopwatch? What is it that makes you stop? Yeah, I tend to think in in week long chunks rather than daily chunks, only because you know, again, a lot of times if I'm trading off, I'm I'm thinking of what I I've accomplished in the course of a week, and uh, right. in most cases, what I what I'd like to have done is is probably four or five chapters in in the course of a week, um, which tends to be you know right around ten thousand words, um, based on how kind of my chapters tend to be laid out. So that's yeah. kind of a rough benchmark of, of, of the way it, it's structured out. And, again, it tends to be a little bit slower in the in the early going where it might not come quite so quickly, and then it might go a little bit faster later on in the book. Right. as Like you said, the adrenaline is going. You're, all the pieces are coming together. You're reaching your day yeah. and you've got to go forward. Exactly. And all. Thief River Falls is, is just slightly over 300 pages, so I'm assuming it's like seventy to 75,000 words. It's a little longer than that. It's probably it, about ninety-five. It's about ninety-five, ninety-six thousand words. Is that's, it really? That's yeah, and that's a, that's actually I think the shortest book that I've written. I, I, I was going to say I I have all your books as you well know, and there are some big thick ones on my shelves on my Brian Freeman <laughs> shelf. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think my, my I think my floor I think my Florida book season of fear was actually my longest. That was probably around one hundred and twenty thousand words. Most yeah. of what I've been doing now has been anywhere from from 95 to 105 that's and, and 100 is kind of right around my sweet spot that's typically what I'm I'm aiming for in most of my books now now do you ever get reader feedback on the length of your books is that ever a question or a, a you know something they respond a comment about to you you know, it really is not. I'm trying to remember if I've ever heard from readers about the length of the book. Uh, and, I, you know, I, 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 I don't – if you do it right, I don't think the readers really notice the length. Notice it. Um, you're and, right. And, and, you're, and you're looking for the balancing act. I mean, if it is too short sure. – then I think readers feel a little bit cheated. Like they feel like they, you know, it, it was like a movie that was, you know, only 70 minutes. I mean, they felt like, okay, we right. wanted some more there. And if we wanted 90 long, minutes, right, long. right. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, it's like a, if, if you're, if you're, you're going to a, a headliner concert and they're, they're only on stage for an hour, you can feel like, well, what did I spend all that money for? 
so you, you want to give them a full, rich experience. But, you know, when you're talking about suspense and thrills, if it gets too long, it becomes very hard to sustain that level of tension it's for true. the reader. It's I mean, true. Cause, because yeah, because humans true. really just cannot accept that level of tension for too long. They just sort of instinctively, I think, their their minds start to turn it wear, off. It, and so, it wears you out. Yeah, it really wears yeah, you exactly, out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you know, I, I, I'm looking for I've read a couple like that that, that I – I just have to say no. I have to stop and like go read like humorous romance or something just to get out of that because it, it's almost too much. But you're yeah. right, and you you've always struck the right note with your books. You know I'm a big fan. Um, I want to kind of go back to Deep Deep Snow. You released that as an Audible first, correct? Yes. So, did you write out the whole book, which will come out? You said in it's right now in Kindle and then it'll come yeah, in paperback. It, I mean, it, isn't that yeah. kind of like bass backwards, Brian? I mean, don't <laughs> you usually do a paperback and then it goes into ebook uh, and then it goes into audible. How is the process different when you're starting off with an audible book? Yeah. 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 Well, you know me, I never do things the normal way. No, you um, don't. But, and, uh, <laughs> and I do know you. That's, that's why I'm saying, you know, you haven't done anything normal of the past year and this year you're not going to. So let's figure out how does one do an audible book and only an audible book and then say, oh, well, let's yeah. go ahead and make a Kindle, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, audio books, have have just been going crazy in the marketplace. It's oh, yeah. the fastest growing segment of, of publishing right now. And so Audible uh, has been doing a lot of Audible originals. And um, uh, and so my 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 audio agent uh, talked to Audible about having me do a project specifically for them, something exclusively for Audible that would be uh, an, an audiobook original. And I I had a, a plot in mind that I've been looking for just the right home for for a couple of years, and so it worked beautifully to to do that. And I really liked the idea of doing a book that was specifically meant to be heard. Uh, you know, and all of my books have been in audio along the way. But yes. this time I yes. really had the chance to write the book knowing it was, it was specifically aimed at an audiobook audience. And so I really wrote the book out loud. I mean, I, as I was writing the you book, have to. Constantly, you have to. Yeah, yeah. constantly yeah. listening to it, recognizing, of course, that I knew that the, the narrator was going to be – you know, a woman, not a man, because it's a female first-person narration, and right. uh, and so my voice was going to be very different. And yet, I still needed to hear Shelby's narrative voice out loud as I was doing the book. Uh, so, I mean, that's how I wrote it. That's how I structured it. Was with, with was with that you know audio audience in mind. But it also reads beautifully in in print. Uh, and so um, we did a separate deal with a separate publisher. Uh, to take over the ebook and, and paperback rights after you know the audio had been sold because of course Audible does not do physical books they only right, do audio right. books so yeah it's interesting you mentioned about uh, um, Audible being such a huge part of the market and other places that do you know voice books I I I want to be clear about that because Audible is not the only one but sure we've got um, you know millions and others yeah yeah right so I we have uh, in our network a, a review team who has a Facebook page called Book Review Crew and more and more and more they are reviewing Audible versus reading 
it's easier for them to, because they are voracious readers also. These people go through a book every two days. So if they're listening to, you know, a six, seven, eight hour audible, it's easier for them to take notes while they're listening to it and then have their review ready to go. And Audible has gifted us with numerous freebies for some of our readers. And some of our highest reviews, you know, we have an organic reach of about 48,000 for one review. And, um, well, and, of course, so, and, and, of course, it's going, it's going the other way, too, because all of my previous um, audio editions for all of my Stride books uh, had been done with, uh, with Blackstone. I mean, they do a tremendous you know, right. audiobook. Well, now Black, Blackstone has moved aggressively into print and ebooks, and so Blackstone actually has taken over the Stride series. They'll be releasing uh, the, the Stride book, Funeral for a Friend, in September. They're doing the print and ebook editions of The Deep, Deep Snow, and then I'll be doing a standalone for, um, for Blackstone next year. So uh, while, while you've got, you know, uh, audio, you know, doing so, uh, doing so well in the marketplace, you've also got you know, audio publishers like Blackstone doing a great move into to print and ebooks. So there's a lot of yeah. sort of cross pollination crossover going on in the market. Yeah, there sure is. It's a very incestuous little community, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we all love each other. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, you know, yes, we do. Brian, tell listeners where they can find you on the web and in your social media, please. Yeah, absolutely. My website is B Freeman Books. Dot com. That's all one word, bfreemanbooks.com. Uh, they can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash bfreemanfans. Again, one word, facebook.com slash bfreemanfans. And if they really want to have fun, they can go off and find Marsha on Facebook because she's at facebook.com slash theauthorswife. Uh, right. and, uh, and her stuff is so much fun. She takes you, you know, all behind the scenes on the publishing industry and all of the things that come up. And uh, uh, so I, I just love her posts and readers, uh, readers just love kind of hooking up with oh, us that way. She's adorable. And she answers everyone too. So she's <laughs> she a lot does, of fun. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. We, she we both really do. Is. We're, we're very, we're very committed to reader relationships. I know you are. I know you are. And I know how much work you do at your local library. So I, I'm, I'm thrilled that you came back on again. I miss having you as a colleague in the network, but I see now you couldn't possibly go back to doing your show. <laughs> you, you have too many other balls in the air. You're like, you're not just juggling three pins. You've got about seven or eight now that you're throwing in yeah, the air. That's so kind of the way it is. Exactly. It, it really is. So the book, Thief River Falls by Brian Freeman. It is available now um, on everywhere, even though it officially releases on February 1st. 1,400 five-star reviews on Amazon, Kindle already. Um, I can tell you myself the book is magnificent, and I have every single one of Brian's books, all signed, I might add. And um, go and read this book. You won't be disappointed. Brian, I'm so glad you're here. I'm going to talk to you again soon and give Marsha my love, please. I will do it. Thanks so much, Pam. You're so welcome. Thank you, Brian. And that's my show for now. I'll be back with you later on. I want to thank mom and dad too. See ya. 